Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Hi, I'm Fred Patron. I live in Yorktown, Virginia. Uh, most interesting thing near me, very historical place, of course, is Yorktown itself, which is a culminating battle of the American War of Independence. But there's a ton of historical sites around here, including Colonial Williamsburg, the largest naval base in the world, and a bunch of other things. And I work in knowledge management. I'm currently with the Army's Training and Doctrine Command, the Office of the Chief Knowledge Officer. I've been a uh, knowledge manager for the Joint Enabling Capabilities Command for the last four and a half years, which is what we're going to talk about today. And I really love working in KM in the defense sector. I've been doing this for quite some time, and I really, really enjoy it. His last book I read was a book called Carte Blanche, which is a Jeffrey Deaver take on the James Bond series. And it's one of my favorites, and I had to reread it to kind of get back in the groove of it. So I appreciate you having me here, Edwin. In the role of knowledge management, how important is that to the organization in total? And regardless if it's military, well, I mean, just from your viewpoint, what is the critical essence of yeah, that? I was a Columbia-trained student on this, and Ed Hoffman was my one of the professors, and he nails it down to three words, people, people, and people. It's people that are interacting with people. It's people who use processes to get work done working with people. And it's people collaborating with other people through tools and technology to get work done. So knowledge management is really the essence of bringing together data, people, information technology, information management stuff and things. And, and that's what's most interesting about KM to me. It's the bringing together the integration piece of all of those things. It's about decisions. It's about people. What's the critical element of getting people kicked into this? Is it training and education? Is it HR building the behaviors into the job descriptions that everybody's responsible well, for something? Well, I'm in the military context, the Department of Defense context. So it's a commander-centric program. Knowledge management within an organization is about enabling decisions at the speed of relevance in three horizons, the now, the next, the future. And so if you're talking about what makes knowledge management... Could you say that again? That's the first time I've heard that. So knowledge management is about decision-making at the speed of relevance and it's in, in three horizons, the now, the next, the future. You know, in the military context is current operations, future operations, future plans. But the bottom line is, is you have decisions that are in the now, which require immediate action and the staff has to do certain things. There's the next, which is what's the set conditions for the next thing or contingencies. And then there's the longer term, the deeper view. Each of those have groups of parts of the organization who are focused on that or are interacting between those things. There's a handoff from the future plan to the future operation. The future operation then takes off and then it's monitored in the current, which assesses where we are and it goes back to dough and, and off we go. So knowledge management is an inherent part of everything we do, which is a quote from a gentleman from the National Guard Bureau that we use in our group a lot. And, and people forget that. It's, looking at knowledge management as a noun is almost uh, counterproductive. It's actually a series of tools and techniques that enable things to occur. Well, in a heavily regulated organization like the military, uh, you've got things like records management and all that sort of back-end stuff that's been around for 100 years or plus. You know, records management is kind of the prelude to where the military kind of figured out that automated and different ways of building community and having an exchange of knowledge. How do you find the challenge well okay well, how about this so in any organization i know you're you're historically military department of defense but km yeah. fits 
pretty much sure. every sector. I mean, it, it and every organization has similar pain points, regardless Absolutely. of the structure. What What is the one critical thing you would tell an organization that's thinking they're kind of on the fence of KM? Say they're a CEO or a CFO of an organization that's kind of hearing about it and maybe they should be doing it. Other than your passion, what is the important thing about them to do it? What is the problem? Who can help solve that problem? How do I get those people working together towards the objective? Bottom line, it's people, people solving problems, people working together. If I use the word knowledge management, you know, it sounds interesting and whatever, but it's almost like a Jedi mind trick, right? I almost kind of want to go, ha ha, you've been doing knowledge management, you know, huh, nanny boo boo, <laughs> right? It, it's more a matter of, okay, we solved the problem. You got there. I have tools, I have operations, I have weapons at my disposal. You know, one of the things, the analogies I like using is it's a Swiss Army knife, but it's a custom-made Swiss Army knife. It's not just the one you buy in the store and it's got two tools, 19 tools or whatever. It's whatever tools I can put in there. But like a good Swiss Army knife, I don't just use the nail file just for filing nails. I use it for I need a, a file or I need I need to wear something down or I need to you know dig into something. I'm using the tools I have at my disposal to solve problems rather than saying, you must use this thing. Sure. This way. And only this way. Yeah. And only this yeah, way. Yeah, right. I want to correct something, though. I okay. want to correct something you said earlier, sure. though. I don't think it was about records management. It was always about information management. And so let me let me give you some context here. My first job in the Army, I was a company clerk. I was literally Radar O'Reilly, five foot five, glasses with a typewriter, okay? And I was an information manager for that company commander, yeah. right? I had the records of the 185 kids in the, in the unit. Yep. I had the pay stuff. I had this. And he needed information. The first started information, the operations started needed stuff. I had that stuff. And it was about being able to find the things you needed and as quickly as possible. Now, we had filing things. And, this, and the records part was really more a matter of the legal obligations they had, that the unit had to meet. Important. But... The command obligation, how do I make decisions in the speed of relevance? That's what made that role important to the company commander. So I would say it's about historically about information management. Yeah. And then records management is an adjunct of that. I stand corrected. Yeah, you're right. I, I As you were saying that, I was thinking, well, records management as an old soldier myself was my medical file, the dental file, you know, right. that's records. You oh, know. yeah. Yeah. Well, the filing system had a very specific rationale and, mm -hmm. and destruction criteria and all that. And that's important for inspection purposes and for legal purposes. The commander cared, hey, I need to find out information. Where's John going to leave? I know the leave form. Here's the address. Here's the phone number. We can call him and find out where he's at. It's a decision thing. And that's that's really what it came down to. And I didn't really think about that. So one of my colleagues asked me, you know, when did you get into knowledge management? And I realized, you know, I've been kind of doing this my entire adult life. <laughs> right. I didn't even realize it. So let's go back to what you said about the personnel getting to problem solving, trying to figure out how to what, you know, sure. like you said, what's your problem? So does that in a, not so much in a leadership trait, but just in a humanistic trait, are we talking about creativity? Are we talking about the soft skills that make a person want to figure things out to solve a problem? Or is there as much the culture? Does the culture provide the space for that person to have agency to take command and, and make decisions on the, on the ground? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Let me give it, let me, let me take the approach slightly different. So another one of my professors at Columbia was Mary Abraham, and she introduced us to a collaboration framework that was built around two axes. One was structure and one was behavior. 
among the criteria for structure were, do we have the right opportunity to collaborate? Do we have the right people to do so? Are we aligned in purpose? Do we have an agreed process? And then uh, and that's, there's a couple of others. And on the other side, it's about trust and relationships. And it's about the culture of sharing of information. In other words, there's the culture, how they share information, not, if the, not the tool, but the nature of doing that. And then what I always love is called cultural calibration, which is it's calibrating how people choose to collaborate, the way they collaborate, the language they collaborate. You know, the old saw in the joint world is that the reason why jointness doesn't work is because given the mission to secure a building, the army uses overwhelming firepower to go in, the Marines use the overwhelming power to keep you out, the Air Force it takes out three-year lease with an option to buy. The Navy closes the lights and turns off the, you know, locks the door. Right. So you have four different languages to do the same thing. It's a calibration of culture, and knowledge managers are doing that. We're in. I hate to say the word because it's almost a negative now, but enablers. We're enablers of action. We're enablers of. We bring people together. We integrate capabilities and people and stuff. Uh, the thing we're doing is helping other people do things as opposed to doing. That's why I say doing knowledge management is almost a misnomer. So the way you're talking, though, it sounds like in the civilian framework, it would be HR. But in the military framework, it's S1 or the one that handles it, you know, the, the people side. So is there an element of getting, I'll go HR, those additional pieces of proficiency with a weapon, proficiency with whatever? Do you have proficiency with knowledge? Is that a basic skill that should be taught in basic training or is it? Proficiency, first off, proficiency with knowledge makes me uncomfortable. I, I don't know that, that what that means. But what you do, and you do this when you're a young troop, is you've got a notebook, right? You've got your notebook and you write stuff down. And then when you're in charge, you take your notebook out and you're sharing information. They're writing it down. Then you go back to the guy and check. Did you did you hear what I said? All right, you're doing information management at that very, very cellular level. I would say leadership tasks are already inculcated in knowledge management. It's what makes it complicated is when you're trying to do complex things with people who have different agendas, a lot of background. Sometimes they have groovy ideas. Sometimes they have screwy ideas. And you have guidance that's not necessarily concrete itself. And then you have to add in speed and, and, and tempo and danger and all these other kinds of things. It makes it more complicated. So thinking from the HR context, right? So HR, as I understand it on the civilian side, includes things like training. So the training, which the Army separates and has a, a different piece to handle that, right? Training requirements, right? So I have people. I have people that need, that need to do tasks. And to do those tasks, they require training. And you kind of bring those things together. Other C-suite leaders have other responsibilities, and, and ultimately, they come together. What makes the military different, and it's something we talk in particular on the joint side, is the role of what we call the chief of staff. That chief of staff role is vital because that's the integrator across the staff. That's what causes cross-functional work to occur, and that's the prioritization because that's the link between the doers and the leaders at the top level. We always like knowledge management paired with the chief of staff for just that reason because we want to help bring assets and people to, get, to bear at the speed of relevance, the now, the next, the future. When you're thinking about an organization at any level, you still have that nexus point. Civilian organizations with the very, very different ways they like to organize I, I would imagine that's an extremely challenging environment because they don't necessarily have those structures. 
you know, another advantage the military has is I have codified doctrine that I work behind. You know, the organization that I was with, the Joint Naval Capabilities Command, we built all of our KM stuff was built around the joint doctrine. And, you know, I call it Patriots Law number three. You can't think outside the box till you know where the box is, right? So we got to set the box and then you can decide if you need to be in it or out of it, sure. right? So the doctrine frames it and then you say, okay, this is useful yeah. and helpful because a lot of smart people put this together or this circumstance merits a different thing. Well, knowledge management is the same way. I have some basic tools to make you, uh, to help yeah. you be effective. And then I have to sit there and say, what's the problem you're trying to solve? And then what's the thing that will get you there? So here again, that brings me right to the point of the creativity piece, right? Or having grit or creativity of the individual to do just what you just said. How do, how do I navigate? How do, what, how do yeah. I get there? This didn't work. This didn't work. Right. This didn't work. Well, Right. Maybe this will, that perpetual motion to just to keep kicking and going right. forward. How do you motivate people to do that regarding knowledge flow or knowledge management? It's a conversation. You have to continuously talk to people and say, one of the most important questions a knowledge manager can ask is looking at someone and go, how do you do that? What is it you do here and how do you do that? When I was in uh, deployed overseas uh, with my teammate, they called us the Bobs when we rolled into someplace. If you remember the reference from Office Space, they used to call us the Bobs because the role because we literally would say, "What do you do here?" and you know, "How does that work?" and all this. Yeah, right, right, right. What's interesting, especially when you talk about mapping processes, you may have five or six stakeholders, and stakeholder number four has one little square in that whole map. However, for that person, that's the most important thing. That's the only reason why they've been sent to this godforsaken place is to do that one thing and. They are the best person on the planet for it. They want to feel fulfilled in their participation in the event. And so you have to make sure that you understand that and what's going on there, because by skipping over that or ignoring it, you could actually be making bringing peril, not to mention that person does now feels worthless, right? You're now, you're creating heartache and discontent for no good reason. A good knowledge manager kind of elevates people by saying, okay, you need to talk to these folks and have you met this person, by the way, you know, this is pretty interesting. You know, and the more graphic you are, I am an analog kid. To me, it's, it's sticky notes, it's whiteboards. All of this technology stuff is fun. But if I can't do it in a hangar in outer Slobovia, right, with uh, my typewriter and stuff, then it's probably too complicated. And everything I, we automate behind that, you know, there's a saying on my team, which I'm going to uh, modify for, for public viewing, which is if you automate bad process, you're still ineffective just faster. You want to look at things and say, how do we get to the X as quickly, as effectively as possible? How do I help my leaders make decisions at the speed of relevance? How do I make sure that what I'm doing is tied to the larger thing? So I know the work I'm doing, where it fits in the process, where it fits in the decision loop, where do I go get a decision and when? It all sounds like this is all feeder stock to leadership in general. Uh, everything you're talking about to me as a young soldier in the 80s was those type of elements that made good leaders. So are all knowledge management personnel designed to be in the leadership role to be that facilitator? Good question. That, see, like anything else, there are people that are good at doing stuff. There are people that are good at managing the doing of stuff. There are people that are, that are decent at both. And you need them all. The process mappers, Wing Six Sigma folks, there are some people like they hate talking to people, but they can give you the most wazoo down to the nats, you know, behind detailed maps and stuff, and it's perfect. 
you have other people that can sell an Eskimo refrigerator with a warranty, right? So they're, they're, <laughs> you have people in, in all in the, in the middle of that. It's a series of people and it's a series of cultural integrations and finding the right team and then training them, trusting. There's a lot of trust, right? You have to get out there. You have to be visible or at least some of you have to be visible and you have to be trusted. You have to know that. And one of the things in my last job that was amazing was we were given amazing access. People would share with us levels of detail, the inside story, the good, the bad, and particularly the ugly about things, because either they just needed to talk to a friendly face or they knew we could communicate something in a way that others could not. One of the other things we, we were actually very useful doing is we would support a knowledge management team. We would communicate to the leadership things that the knowledge management team had just said to the leadership and wasn't resonating. But coming from us, and it's because either we were detached from reality or because we were from the Joint Implicate Command, and we had some gravitas in that. And you need uh, agents, you need foils sometimes. And you, as a knowledge manager, you got to be, be comfortable in a lot of different uh, roles because it's about the organization. It's not about us. Right. There's so many of these, these real pithy statements that go with that. You know, I know a few of the two because I've seen a thing or two. And my favorite, which is, I don't know or I don't do what you do, but I help you do what you do better, which I... I think it was BASF or something, but a terrific campaign ad because it really gets down to this. It's a matter of, I don't know what you do, but I know how to do these things. Can I help you do those things better? Have, by the way, have you met Bob? Have you met Jim? You know, The connector, the bringer of ideas. I'm a connector. I love that. I'm a connector. Well, all right. So to wrap things. You have to be all three. Yeah. Well, ideally. You have to be all three. Maven connector. Yeah. yeah I, you have to be all three. But going back to your peeling out how personalities are in individuals, not everybody can do everything, but knowing that where those characteristics are in individuals is a plus. Um, can you tell me your definition of knowledge management? Okay. The definition I grew up with is that it's a deliberate approach to achieve shared standing across a battle staff to enable decision support at the speed of relevance for a commander. But for me, knowledge management is helping people to solve problems in the speed of relevance across three dimensions so that the organization can achieve its objectives. Well, that sounds okay. I like that. Energetic pitch today was a highlight of the day. So I thank you very much for being here today. It's what I do. It's what you do. It's who you it's are. what it be. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation Brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.